Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. So grab your bouillon. And let's get civical. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And funny story that I have up top. And I've already texted you about this, but in our last episode on Roe v. Wade, when I was editing the episode, I realized (laughs) that I introduced the show like immediately upon saying hello, then we bantered for a bit. So then, of course, I have forgot everything that we had talked about. And then I introduced the show again. And you just went along with it. Bless your heart. Oh, my God. Because I probably, I mean, A, who am I to judge anything that you do? Because you carry the intro for the show always. And I <laughs> do zero work. So if you <laughs> want to introduce it twice, I'm not going to say anything. But also, I was pretty tired. And so I think I was just like, did we, did we already do, do this? this? It's probably did my it? brain thinking we already did this. And so whatever, keep it going. It was great. Listen, it can't hurt to say your name twice. It can't hurt to say the right. name of the show twice. It can only help. Right. I can't count the amount of episodes that do not have a single introduction <laughs> As to what this show is. <laughs> oh, so I'm, we've gotten so good at it that yes. now we're just doing it multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. To reinforce. I mean, I did end up cutting the second one because I was like, this would be insane if I reintroduced the show. Like, our listeners would truly be wondering if we were okay. <laughs> but yeah. just so everybody knows, there was two takes. Because I for, just forgot. I just, I just, it's as though what, what has come out of my mouth... I have no memory. There's no track record. Bye. It's gone. Bye. Bye. So, of course, um, 
Just want to quickly say, welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And, <laughs> Do you get and it? I, you did it. You did it again. And I was still juicy. I was still going to roll with you on it. I saw it on your page. You were like, is she really doing this again? No, this was <laughs> – that was just a joke. That was a joke. I already know oh I introduced the show. Oh but God. do you want to say your name since I got to say my name twice? Uh, sure. My name is Arden Walentowski. She's long. She's Polish. She's Polish. Mm-hmm. She's Polish. Yeah. And we don't talk about it enough. My my Polish identity. And in case you couldn't tell it by my name, if you saw pictures of me, you would see my very like pointed angular nose, which I feel like is like Eastern an Eastern European, European nose. thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Look. You can you can know anything you need to know about a person by their nose. It's true. That's it. Do you know you could probably tell if they played sports because their nose is probably like you know probably got hit in the face a couple times if they played good sure. sports. You know, you know some things you could tell. And so with all of that, we have decided to treat ourselves to another episode in our New Deal series. Which, if you don't know, for the past. Oh, golly. Two years. Maybe more. Every now and then, we do an episode that is dedicated purely to the New Deal. Because if you don't know, the New Deal was a big deal. And there's a lot to unpack from it. So instead of trying to do, like, one huge, in-depth New Deal episode, which would be approximately five to six hours long. It would be our version of a Ken Burns documentary. Correct. And neither of us are Ken, if you can <laughs> believe it. No. Absolutely not. So yeah, so we're doing episodes along the way when we find or want to do uh, explorations on certain pieces of legislation, people, things yeah. pertaining to the New Deal and what got us back on track, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So today, this is your idea, Arden. I am mm-hmm. so excited about it. Today we're talking about the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. Wind back the clock. Wind back the clock. Boop 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 boop. I really think you're gonna enjoy this one because it's controversial, but I basically like how we got. It's basically the story of how we got rid of the gold standard. Yeah, which was it a mistake? Do you think it was? I I, I don't think it was because first of all, I don't think it was. But we, okay. but I don't know a world in which we've lived in the inverse or we still have the gold standard. And honestly, they were still like playing with the gold standard until like the 70s, I think. So it's not even like that sure. far back that some of these things got changed. But yeah, the Gold Reserve Act of 1934 is just one piece of like kind of Roosevelt's overall banking legislation that he did. Mm. There are other things that he passed in conjunction or that did various things that had more to do with the closing and reopening of the banks. He issued a bank holiday, all of these things. But this legislation was specifically designed to kind of to, to deconnect the dollar from gold. Literal and gold. Literal like gold. Like blocks of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Bars and bars of gold. I just want a bar of gold. I wonder how much a bar of gold is worth. You know what I mean? Like, can you visualize a bar of gold? A bar of gold. Like, the bar of gold that you always see in the, like, the like in the movies. Cartoons. In the cartoons. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. Like, I mean, back then, I mean, I feel like, what did I read in this research? I think the, 
I think now maybe an ounce of gold is like $1,400. Like it's actually really expensive. Mm. And uh, so like and an ounce is pretty small. So I feel right. like a block, like a bar of gold would have to be like nearly a million dollars. That's my <sighs> rough estimate based on my very shitty memory right now. You know and what I'm going to do? my ability to extrapolate. I'm going to do something insane. You're going to use I'm the gonna Google, Google machine? I'm going to Google how much is a block of gold. Oh, oh my God. If I'm within range, I think I earn a block of gold. In 2020, the price of a bar ranged from $620,000 to $640,000. Okay. But that's a rough estimate. Okay. So you're not far. I mean, you know. Yeah. To say a million is not far off. I'm sure yeah. it fluctuates. Yeah. This is a 2020. God knows what it's worth now. Oh, my God. I want it. I want a single bar of gold next to my single cannon <laughs> in my home <laughs> that oh I will God. never have. You should then just invite people over for tours. My cannon? For tours. I, it's a and museum. I want to live in a museum. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But anywho, let's get into the gold because yes. I love gold. But mm-hmm. before we do, do you want to talk about today's Asarsis? Yes, today's sources are livingnewdeal.com, which had a, it's a great website Love. that's like all New Deal things related, very digestible pieces of information. Some things coming from Federal Reserve History, the official history website for the Federal Reserve, the government website. Of course, history.com. Can't go anywhere without her. Obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And a, an article in Forbes that is... 10 years old and so I used a lot of the like he was ta- the, it's a 10 year old article I think mainly talking about like the crash from like 2008 yeah 2008 2009 yeah but comparing some things that they did to what FDR had done in the new deal so I took that part so old article but use the parts that are still relevant for our discussion it's an article in Forbes by Richard M. Salzman amazing uh, and, amazing yeah Well, golly, let's just start off at the very beginning. If you've never heard of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, I don't blame you. Deep dive like you're on. Who's the duck who dives into the gold? Who's the the duck? Oh, oh, oh. Scrooge McDuck? Is it Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. Is it Scrooge McDuck? The rich one? The rich one who has like his vault of gold and he dives into the coins. Scrooge McDuck. We are all Scrooge McDuck today. So let's talk about what the act did. What is it? What did it? What did it do on a very high level? In a very high level way. So this uh, information is coming from LivingNewDeal.com. The Gold Reserve Act of 1934 was signed by President Roosevelt on January 30th. You guessed it, 1934, and the purpose of the law was quote to protect the currency system of the United States to provide for the better use of the monetary gold stock of the United States and for other purposes. It ended the free use of gold as money domestically and effectively devalued the dollar internationally. So it used to be that when you used currency like the dollar that there was truly that amount of gold behind it that you had that right and he was like actually no actually we're gonna take gold out of the equation we're just gonna say this piece of paper 
means what it means. We all agree what a dollar means. We agree what $10 means. And that's how you can exchange goods and services. Isn't that insane? That the whole value of currency is based upon our just societal agreement. Right. That like me and the somebody living in Nebraska both agree that mm-hmm. we exchange a dollar, it's the same value. My dollar does mm-hmm. not mean more. My piece of paper is not more or less than your piece of paper. It's right. crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Because when you yeah. think about like the tangible, and now we're, I'm getting into like mountain man conspiracy. Like when you think about your con- <laughs> your tangible assets that you have. Yeah. Wealth is no longer truly that tangible. It's no. all in the clouds, you know, yep. other than I think property. Mm-hmm. But even to pur- purchase property, it's done through cloud-based exchanges primarily, yeah. you know? Like when I look at my, my what's in my bank and the money that's in my bank, it's just it's just because the bank is telling me that's how much I have. Right. You know? I, it's not like it's I've deposited that, mu- that much in coins or bills or, no. you know, anything of value. It's been transferred to me by some other bank account that my employer, whomever, uses. And their money goes to my bank account. And then I transfer it to my credit cards and my rent thing and my whatever. No, it's nuts. There's yeah. no, I, that's why I can't imagine having the society that we have if we still had a gold standard. Well, I don't think we could have the society that we have. No. If we had a gold standard. Because you have to then, I feel like we would just, there would just be a full industry of people digging up more gold and like, I don't, because it would, I don't know. Or people would just be so poor. Do you know what I mean? Like there would Mm -hmm. be, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I think it would be, there would definitely be way more poverty. And also I think. I think that it would go beyond gold. You know, mm-hmm. I think we would, because gold is only, it's 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 not uh, an easily created resource. You can't just no. conjure up gold. So then I bet right. we would look to other things. Like, okay, we could exchange oil for goods. We could exchange like other things that we as society deem valuable, but they're tangible things. Right. Could see a world. I could have seen a world. Mm-hmm. No, no. FDR said, piece of paper, this means this. Everybody agree? Let's go. Everybody agree? No gold. No. No gold. So kind of as we've hinted at, there's a reason why FDR has signed, why he signed this piece of legislation, why Congress passed this piece of legislation. And it goes back even before the Great Depression. So in the 19th century, Britain, who was the leading economic and political power of the age, adopted a gold standard which we then adopted, and many other countries followed suit. This meant that national currencies were valued in relation to gold and that coins and paper money could all, could officially be redeemed for an equivalent amount of gold. So like Lizzie has said and hinted at, you have your dollar. And it's kind of like, um, like if you look up, like what is the dollar to euro equivalent, basically, it's that same thing. Mm-hmm. Like what is the dollar to gold equivalent? And whatever gold was, like you could... Uh, assure that the person you were paying that there was money behind this paper bill just trust me it's in the my gold is in the vault please just trust me i would like to buy the eggs and the milk here's my dollar bill like that's basically what we're doing the history of the gold standard in america and the nation's monetary system is very complex 
a true gold standard only existed in the U.S. between 1879 and 1933. So we had a run at it, 60 plus years. Yeah. Where we tried it's it. a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. It, it really is. At other times, the nation has relied on a mixture of gold and silver coins, just like you said, throw some silver in there. Mm-hmm. See, you could have been an economist back in the early... Nobody talks about my amazing um, economic skills. I mean, undervalued. Undervalued if they ever were. Undervalued. All because Mm -hmm. I can't read. Don't. I'm a snake in the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Don't count me out. Don't count me out. No, never. Never. So at other times, the the U.S. relied on a mixture of gold and silver coins, the use of gold for international settlements, and during wars, printing paper currency not backed by precious metals. So... The paper currency thing we were relying on in a time when, like, we just kind of had no other choice. And maybe we were using the things that we were using to value our currency for other wartime needs. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's also like, man, you're... We're trying to build, like, a bunch of ships and stuff. We don't got time to go get the gold. Gold is heavy. Gold is not easy to to transport. We're not going to go to the vault and just put out bars and bars and bars of gold. Like, take the money. I'm sure the gold will come from somewhere. Relax. There's a war. There's a war. Take my dollar bill and just trust that it is a dollar bill. During the crucial months of November 1932 to March 1933... With Herbert Hoover still in the Oval Office, but FDR waiting in the wings, the run on the banks intensified, not because the banks were fundamentally unsound, but because depositors sought dollars to convert into gold before FDR could act as he ultimately did. So part of the run on the banks. So, yes, people are afraid in that, you know, so the stock market crashed. There's this time period where Herbert Hoover Hoover isn't really doing anything to stem the flood of people going bankrupt, the banks going under the great, the start of the great depression. And FDR is just waiting, chomping at the bit to do what he thinks will help the nation. Um, And so people are going to the banks to get their money because they're afraid it's not going to be there. Kind of like, and it's a wonderful life. They're going to George Bailey because they think they, they, they want their cash. They think it's not safe at the bank. But what this guy in uh, who wrote the Forbes article, Richard Salzman, what he's arguing is also that people were going to the bank to get their dollars out so that they could turn them in while gold was still at a high price before mm-hmm. Roosevelt passed this act that basically said, you know, you can no longer own gold. We're going to Sorry. confiscate your gold. So no more gold. Were, no more gold. No more gold for you. So people were going to the bank to get their dollar bills. And it was a run on the U.S. dollar, a vote of no confidence in FDR himself. But the private banks and depositors were made to suffer by it and unfairly shouldered the blame. So, again, he's saying that, like, FDR kind of made this problem himself. And I don't know how, I mean, that seems to be, like, his own opinion. And it's an opinion that I think is, interest, like, an interesting point of view. But also there's a reason why FDR did what he did. Like, he wasn't just, like, willy-nilly, like, I'm gonna... I'm going to fuck up the gold standard just because I want to. Right. He, you know, like he had realized that there was a, a breaking point and it wasn't a stable system and right. that the U S had to divorce itself from the gold standard. And I guess what Salzman is arguing in this Forbes article is that people were mad at the banks. Like, why don't you have my money? Why don't you have my, 
I put well, money sure, here. Like, they're where the ones is who are it? supposed to have the money. Right. And ma- meanwhile, people, the banks are like, we had it. But now, you know, we ha- these people needed, you know, if it's tied to the gold standard and the gold, when you turn, when you're trying to get, you know, dollars back and the standard is lower and you get more dollars, then of course you're not going to have as many dollars. Right. So. And anyway. it's a mess. It's a mess. It's, it's a, a mess. hot dang mess. Yeah. This whole, the whole banks, mm-hmm. at the banking system at this time. It's a mess. So immediately after his inauguration in March 1933, Roosevelt set out to rebuild confidence in the nation's banking system. At the time, the Great Depression was crippling the U.S. economy. Many people were withdrawing their money from banks and keeping it at home, a la the infamous under the mattresses and in the toilet tanks. Sure. In response, the new president called a special session of Congress the day after the inauguration and declared a four-day banking holiday that shut down the banking system including the Federal Reserve. So yeah, like Lizzie said, it was a hot fucking mess. And FDR came in and was like, I'm shutting shit down. Like, yeah, we're all no, taking a we're taking, we're a, taking break. a break. Time out. Time, Time out, out on the play. It's like, you know, when 9-11 happened and they shut down the stock market. I think they did the same for some period of time when COVID started, right? Like, yeah. You know, like it's it's pretty na- and like on the one hand you're like of course we can just shut this shit down it's all run by humans like the only reason any of this is important is sure. because people think it's important and yes if it was shut down forever that could be that would be disastrous in a lot of ways but it's just funny to think that like you can just stop it i mean fdr literally just put a break yeah on the problem and let things yeah. settle for four days while he figured out what to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh I my mean, God. he had to. It was he had just to. like, oh. it's amazing. <laughs> that's honestly like what I would do. I'd be like, okay, can we all just stop talking okay. for four days? Yeah. Give me time to think mm-hmm. and then we'll have a plan. We'll have a plan. Because it's just, it's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's never been this bad before ever in the history of ever in any country. So we got to take a couple days. And the fact we that it was only it. four. Rather impressive. Amazing. Crazy. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. So this action, the banking holiday, was followed a few days later by the passage of the Emergency Banking Act, which intended to restore America's confidence in banks when they reopened. And just a little bit about this legislation, it provided for the reopening of banks as soon as examiners found them to be financially secure and was prepared by Treasury staff during Hoover's administration. So like they're also so they're they're shutting the banks down using these four days to basically send out like Treasury staff people to look at all of these banks and be like, do you have the monies? Great. Do you have money? You can't. Oh, you can't open if you don't have money. If you don't have if you money, you have money. You can open under these right. rules. Right. Exactly. Which I just think is kind of crazy. I mean, there's like eight banks within a stone's throw of my apartment in Harlem. Like it would take so much time. You couldn't do that today. Right. So then, with the onset of the Great Depression and collapsing international trade, the gold situation facing the United States grew dire. So there's the whole like domestic situation a la the Great Depression. But also because of that and because of other things, international trade and the currency values between countries is wildly fluctuating. And sure. When we go down, everybody goes down. Everybody goes down. Down with the ship. Large quantities of gold were flowing out from the vaults of the Federal Reserve Bank, both domestically and internationally. This occurred because in a financial crisis, most most people, companies, and governments prefer hard currency over bank deposits or paper, which can suddenly lose their value. So our international creditors were like, we don't want your stinking pieces of paper. We want your gold. We don't want paper. We, we only want, paper, want gold. We want gold. Which I, I get. Don't blame I them. mean, like, I totally get it. It's the same thing. It's like, how can you prove that you have assets if right. it's just something that... It, has worth because we've agreed upon it as opposed right. to a, a precious metal, if you will. Right. Right. Which is funny to think about because that only really has value because we've also agreed that that has value. True. Like there's nothing inherent about it. it's heavy. About, it's super heavy. So it's, it's got to be valuable. <laughs> and it's you're very right. shiny. You're right. You're right. So it's got to be valuable. Touche. It, it's heavy. It's shiny. It's malleable. I learned that in fourth grade. Very malleable. Very malleable. So obviously, yes, an ounce is worth $1,400. I mean, like, how do you even arrive at that? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's th- this is what I find so not not silly because it was a huge, dire crisis um, and lots of people suffered. But I'm also like, 
we're also just deciding what the value of gold is too. Like that doesn't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know what I mean? That's so funny to me. We're so silly humans. By March of 1933, when the Federal Reserve Bank of New York could no longer honor its commitment to convert currency to gold, President Franklin Roosevelt declared a national banking holiday. So that's then when the holiday uh, part of it came. And yeah, and then they started really looking at the gold standard. And Roosevelt was like, I think we got to do something I think we know what the problem is. The problem is the gold. Uh-huh, the gold. Yeah. So let's talk about the act herself. Let's talk about the gold and what we did with her. The Gold Reserve Act of 1934 came later following a series of other attempts to stop the financial bleeding, including the bank holiday, suspension of international gold payments, and an increase in gold purchases by the treasury. So they're like, we're doing everything we can to make this work before arriving at this decision. Yeah. The Gold Reserve Act ended all private holding and use of gold as money. The government called in gold held by private hands and thereafter prohibited the treasury from redeeming dollars for gold. So they're basically like, give me your gold. You Mm -hmm. can't do anything with this gold anymore. This isn't currency. Mm -mm. We don't agree that this is currency anymore. No. You have to agree that the dollars are currency now. We're rescinding our gold belief. We now believe in paper bills. Exactly right. It then authorized the president to establish the gold value of the dollar by proclamation. What I just I just have that. One dollar is worth three ounces of gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hear this proclamation loud and clear. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, doesn't he have any something better to do than to proclaim the the worth of gold? I love that. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> This signaled the end of the classic gold standard and the beginning of a long period in which the United States would be a principal arbiter of international money. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So building upon more of how they had people turn in their gold and some fun facts and figures on that. So on April 5th, 1933, like we talked about, Roosevelt ordered all gold coins and gold certificates in denominations of more than 100 be turned in for other money. This also required all persons to deliver all gold coin, gold, ooh, bullion? Bullion? What's bullion? I don't know what that is because to me, bullion is like a chicken cube. Oh, right. So just a gold cube. Right? So a gold cube? Okay, gold bullion and gold certificates owned by them to the Federal Reserve by May 1. Okay, they only gave them a month to get all their gold. That's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he set the price at $20.67 per ounce. So if you came, you brought your wagon full of all sorts of gold shapes and sizes, and every ounce you got $20.67 in return for it. So you could make, and this is in like dollars. Like, paper money. You could exchange it for paper money. Yeah. By May 10th, so nine days after the deadline, the government had taken in 300 million of gold coin and 470 million of gold certificates. Two months later, a joint resolution of Congress abrogated the gold clauses in many public and private obligations that required the debtor to repay the creditor 
in gold dollars of the same weight and finesse as those borrowed. That, what sentence, what did I just say in that sentence? I love, I love this. So what they're, so what Congress basically did was actually stuck their hands in, I mean, public, public obligations, sure, but private obligations that said, if you basically signed a contract that was based on gold value, so I'm going to borrow $10 in gold coins Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, from you, Lizzie, and then I have to pay it back in the same way. I have to give you back that same value. And so basically what Congress did was say, that's not true anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's messy, but you got to do what you got to do. It's like, look, you got to, you got to cut your losses somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Obsessed. Of the same weight and and finesse. Also, like, in the same... Because because the price of of the ounce was fluctuating, so you had so it's not even like you had to pay it in the same denomination because gold doesn't have a denomination. They were doing it by weight and I guess prettiness quality of the gold quality of the gold, and so yeah, in these contracts, it looks to be like you know that was how you had to repay it. A bar this weight with this minimal amount of scratching obsessed i love it it's complicated no more you don't have to do that anymore you don't have to do it in 1934 the government's price of gold was increased to 35 per ounce effectively increasing the gold on the federal reserve's balance sheet by 69 percent this increase in assets allowed the federal reserve to further inflate the money supply so they're raking in the dirt, the gold yeah. dirt. I want to do that. I same. I well. want to increase the value of my bank account by sixty nine percent. I would love that personally. That would be just fine. That sounds. That sounds great. Sounds lovely. And finally, FDR's gold confiscations in April nineteen thirty three and thereafter carried with it severe fines and jail terms for the non compliant. Which, I mean, if you're in the Great Depression, it's 1933-34. You got to get with the program or we're going to throw your ass in jail. People are dying. Give me your gold. People are dying. I mean, I get why people would be resistant, like, for sure. This was a a radical thing. Of all the things that FDR did and he did so much that was capital R radical, I think this is up there. By basically telling people, you can't keep your gold anymore. You have to give it to the government. Right. That's, that's ballsy. It's ballsy. And also like, you know, a reason I think why people, well, there's some legitimacy to like when conservatives are like, the government's going to take your whatever, the government's going to take your whatever. Sure. Because they have. Sure. They have in the, now could any of those people cite this law as evidence of their argument? No. But they have in the past taken things that belonged to private citizens or were part of private exchanges, not public exchanges. And so, you know, not that I'm saying that they're right, but because for the greater good. Totally. FDR disconnected the gold standard from the dollar. But I could see it being somebody in that time period, if you're like looking at 
like a small pile of gold and you're like, how am I supposed to give this up? This is the only thing that I have that I know is of value. And I'm just supposed to turn it over to the government. It's like, totally. What do you mean? I mean, I think you (laughs) just have to remember in times of true crisis, the government will do anything. Yeah. That's why it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, that is the power that we, the people have given it is to, yeah. Make these decisions when people are starving right. and dying. And whew, I feel like we we rarely right. see it yielded in this type of way, at least in recent right. history. Well, because now when we think about it, it's like, you know, there's a big hurricane and we want the federal government to come in and help help save all the people and get them supplies and resources. And it's like, yes, that is a job of the government to help its citizens, but helping its citizens can also be something like this, which is not maybe how you would think of helping, but it is doing just that. And it's actually very forward thinking because it was like, we got to nip this. This is already bad. (laughs) I mean, could you imagine, we talked about like having the gold standard right now. How could it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. No. Well, yeah, our society isn't built around the gold standard. It's truly built around yeah. paper and now virtual money. Yeah. there. Are, I love the places that don't even take cash. Oh, I'm so many. Like, cash is becoming obsolete. Obsolete. So virtual money. So some other lasting effects of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, in addition to the fact that Lizzie and I no longer carry cash, Ending the gold standard was controversial, like we talked about. Nonetheless, economists ranging from Milton Friedman to Ben Bernanke to Christina Romer credit the New Deal's drastic monetary reforms with stabilizing the banking system, making American goods more competitive through devaluation of the dollar, and reflating the economy. So they're like, it was good. Well, it worked. It worked. Well done, FDR. After World War II, the U.S. dollar became the effective reserve currency for the world in place of gold, and most of the world's stock of gold would sit in the vaults of Fort Knox, Kentucky. Here's the other piece of this. Not only were we able to convince, like, citizens of the United States to give their gold over to the government, but also, like, all of these countries who, they were just like, sure, we'll take your dollars and here's some gold. Sure. And it all came back. Like the fact that most of it's sitting in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Right. Well, by... I, I mean, that just says, that just speaks to the status of the United States after yeah. World War II, where we were, I would assert, at our global peak of influence in yeah. the period shortly after that, because we had just come in and effectively helped win World War II in a major way. Yeah. And we weren't, because the war didn't happen on our shores our country wasn't decimated like like london was decimated germany was decimated france was decimated like the the other Mm -hmm. world leaders were destroyed from the actual physical impact of war and we weren't you know i mean there was certainly a a labor loss and like the the lives lost but industry kept happening we really got out of that pretty good we did considered we did yeah and still to to this day like a lot of the international like base currency is american dollars i mean like yeah 
But so all of the gold from around the country is sitting in Fort Knox, Kentucky. But pressure gradually built up from a huge outflow of dollars. And in the early 1970s, President Nixon ended domestic redemption of dollars for silver and international settlements in gold. So he was like, no We're more. Done. Nixon ended that. The government held the $35 per ounce price that was set back was in that, 1934. That yeah. yeah. So the government held the $35 per ounce price that was set back in the 30s until August 15th, 1971, when President Richard Nixon announced that, you, that the United States would no longer convert dollars to gold at a fixed value. Crazy. Thus completely abandoning the gold standard. It's like, give up the gold. Forget it. Forget yeah. it ever happened. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're, We're done. done. Say goodbye yeah. to gold. Yeah. And now it's just something that can be traded. There's no, it fluctuates. So then in 1974, President Gerald Ford signed legislation that permitted Americans again to own gold bullion. So tiny pieces of gold. We can have gold cubes again. I want a gold cube. gold cubes. Gotta get some gold cubes, man. I know. How much is a gold gold bullion? 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 If you know how that word is said, don't. At us, <laughs> because you know what? It's not a it's not a comfy word. It doesn't roll off the tongue. I mean, I, I, I was looking it up, but now I'm just I'm being shown pictures of gold coins and places to buy gold. And I will say this: it's expensive. Sure, gold is it's expensive. expensive. Yeah, gold bullion for sale. This is what I th- super pure medical. What is medical grade gold? gold like maybe for your teeth oh yeah oh actually because there i didn't put this note in there because it, it was like not connected to anything and it just seemed weird but they there was like a, a whole thing where some like dental place like the cleveland dental medical something something went to the government and asked for gold and the government gave it to them but it was like a dentistry organization or office mm. <laughs> Because they wanted it for fillings. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that used to yeah. be the thing. That was yeah, what dentistry was for a while there. But I think uh, we moved so on. Nice. I don't think we do gold anymore. Or maybe yeah, I'm wrong. We do not do gold. But I don't no. think gold is out of circulation for in for the dentists of this country. Oh, my God. Could you imagine people would just be getting robbed left and right? Sure. Well, that used I mean, that was a thing. People mm-hmm. would rob you and truly rip out your gold teeth because of the value crazy times we've lived through as this country and crazier times lie ahead but gold i don't i mean i don't think we'll ever see a resurgence of anything related to a gold standard i think it's all virtual crypto all of that is is what's to come for this country However, if you do have a gold bar stashed away somewhere in your grandfather's like living room, let me know if you'll let me buy it for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so I can so I can have a block of gold. I know that that offer will go unheard, but you have to manifest these things. <laughs> but in the meantime, we love you guys so so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. 
We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.